Hi friends, jumping on before the start of the episode to ask for your help. Since I started this podcast four years ago, I have been dreaming of a place for us to gather, a place where we can practice some of the things that are shared here on the podcast, a place where you and I can meet gaze to gaze, heart to heart, and a place where we can share our experiences of enriching our lives through the wisdom of the body and expanding our pleasure through the wonder of the senses. I would love to hear your voice and your vision in writing this next chapter of Come to Your Senses. Go to schoolofsensualliving.com slash survey to contribute your ideas, give your feedback on which topics you burn with the most passion to hear about, and let's create a beautiful sanctuary together. Schoolofsensualliving.com slash survey. I will see you there. Welcome to Come to Your Senses, the School of Sensual Living podcast. I'm your host, Mary Lofgren. Here, we explore how to live bravely and beautifully through pleasure, mindfulness, embodiment, femininity, beauty, art, and of course, everyday sensuality. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. So today's episode is titled, What I Learned from Losing 20 Pounds. During quarantine, I made a real commitment to my health and a real investment in my health. And as a product of that, I lost 20 pounds. And what feels awesome about it is that I set a goal. I didn't really actually set a goal for weight loss, but I set some goals for how I wanted to relate to my body when it came to food and exercise. And I achieved that goal through dedication, but also through support and a couple of other factors. That's really the essence of what this podcast is about. So I'm going to be talking a little bit about what I did to lose 20 pounds. But more important than that, I want to talk about what I learned from this process of setting a goal and a desire that felt really embodied and really had a lot of depth. You know, as I just shared, I didn't start this process saying, I want to lose 20 pounds. I started this process knowing what I was really tired of in my life and investing my time, my energy, my money, my attention in making a real change. And so I want to share what I learned in that process with you in the hopes that it might be helpful in helping you get closer to your deeply held dreams and desires. But before we jump in, I want to take a moment to just take the sacred pause and drop in to a little community gratitude. And so this week's review comes from Miranda Wild, who says about the podcast, a wealth of sensual gems. Do you like sparkly things? Then you will love the gems that Mary Lofgren drops in her podcast, all about the ways to be softer with ourselves and all the ways we can tap into our intuition, 
relationships to others, and of course, our bodies to feel with all of our senses. One of my favorite things about Mary's podcast, she speaks with a pace and tone that immediately relaxes me. Miranda Wild, thank you so much. And what I really love about that review is what you said specifically to feel with all of our senses. You know, sensuality is certainly the expression of our human life experienced through this miracle we call a body. But what's interesting about sensuality is that our, sense, our, our five senses are really just a handful of all the different senses that we have. And sensual living is the practice of embodying our inner and outer senses. So I'm so grateful to hear that that is transmitting here on the podcast. And I'm so grateful for your generous review. And if you are listening and you enjoy this podcast, I would be delighted to connect with you. Head over to schoolofsensualliving.com slash review, where you'll find a link to drop a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. So when I first had the idea to record a podcast on this topic, the initial thing that I felt is the same thing that I feel anytime I talk about my weight loss journey, which is shame, (laughs) which is really ironic because I think for a lot of people, the motive around losing weight has to do with feeling shame around the body. And there's this idea that if you could just lose the weight, then you wouldn't feel the shame. But when I talk about losing 20 pounds, what I feel shame about is as someone who's been in eating disorder recovery for 15 years, anything having to do with weight loss or fitness or health, diet, you know, whatever, has always felt like going to the other side. (laughs) You know, that if I were to engage in any of those programs, It's a distinctly anti-feminist activity. And I've actually found the opposite to be true. One of my teachers during this time is a man named Roderick Covington, who's the founder of Core Rhythm Fitness. And his tagline for his business is, when you give your body the best, the universe gives you the best. And so I think that's been number one of the thing that I've learned in this process of losing weight is to quote Glennon Doyle, rebellion is as much of a cage as obedience. For the first 20 some years of my life, I dieted relentlessly and was obsessed with food and body and couldn't really occupy my attention with anything else. And then for the next 10 or 15 years of my life, I kind of swore off all of that. And in a way that was really helpful, but one of my favorite quotes from Pia Melody is that the opposite of dysfunctional behavior is often just more dysfunctional behavior. So in other words, the opposite of starving myself is not binging. The opposite of starving myself is having a healthy, right-sized relationship to appetite. And that was a big 
part of what made this journey feel so different than what I would have done 20 years ago is that my intention around this journey was to be more available to what my friend Barbara Husson would call my greatness, my ability to be present in my life, in my relationships, and in my work, and not be distracted by feeling tired or hungry or frustrated or uncomfortable in my body, which my experience of self-neglect as a form of rebellion against self-obsession provided. Another thing I've learned on this journey is how therapeutic intensity and sweating and pushing past my comfort zone can be. So similar to what I just shared about, about rebellion, you know, after more than two decades of relating to exercise and fitness with such a high level of self-obsession that I would work through, work out through injuries, you know, that moment in a workout where it's like, don't give up, don't give up. I mean, I just took that to an insane level and I really harmed my body and I also really harmed my mind because then anytime I would orient to any sort of exercise program, it would create a trauma response of fight, flight, freeze of like, get me out of here. This is not, I'm not doing this anymore. And so I found things like Koya and yoga and sensual movement, which were the exact medicine that my body and soul needed to help put a soothing balm on the very raw very inflamed part of my soul that had been operating like the character Juggernaut in X-Men. <laughs> if you ever saw those movies, this giant bulky character who just barrels through walls, that was my relationship to fitness. And so that slow, sensuous unfolding and softening into learning how to be with my body in a gentler way was perfect and very medicinal. Until I reached a bit of a threshold, and I once heard my friend Rochelle Sheik describe it as the divine feminine hot tub. I don't think she invented that term. I, I know it came from one of her teachers. How I relate to that phrase is when you get into a hot tub and it just feels so awesome and relaxing and lovely, and you're like, oh my God, I could stay in here forever. And then you get to like that 15 or 20 or 30 minute mark and you're like, get me out of here. And my, again, this is my own, my, my own experience. I'm not speaking for anyone else here. But after now a decade of feeling like slow, sensual, sensory movement is the only thing I can tolerate, putting myself into a hit what do you call it? Hit aerobics, hit cardio? No. Uh, I don't know. High intensity interval training is what it's called. Putting myself in that kind of a class was really scary at first. But after I did it a few times, I was like, this feels amazing. Because when it comes to creating a state of fluidity in the nervous system, we need soft, slow, relaxing. That's really healthy, 
parasympathetic activation. But what I've learned is that when that's really the only access point that I have to movement or embodiment, I actually dip down into a state of collapse and that feeling of being in the divine feminine hot tub of like, oh my God, get it, get me out of here. Because it's just, it's like, it's too slow and I start to dissociate and it dips into a state of what's called hypo arousal, where the senses go offline, you're not really present. And so working out in a way that gets the muscles moving and the heart pumping and the sweat dripping, I had no idea how therapeutic and healing that experience could be, especially when coming from such an embodied place. So after so long of practicing embodied embodiment-based movement, I've become really, really sensitive to what my body needs and what my limits are and that zone of delicious discomfort, you know, whereas that meter in the beginning of my life, I would just push past, push past, push past to the point of harming myself. But now having touched back in and really gotten to a very embodied place, interfacing with this more activating kind of exercise, what I notice for my body is that it mimics a really healthy fight response. So you're probably familiar with the term fight, flight, freeze, and fawn. These are all ways that the nervous system responds to the presence of a real or perceived threat. And I tend to edge towards more of the freeze and fawn side of things. Freezing is just that experience of dissociation, freezing up and kind of losing your voice and losing your ability to be present. Fawning is where in the presence of a threat perceived or legitimate, you just kind of go along with whatever's happening. So kind of a micro example of fawning would be people pleasing. And so as someone who leans towards those more freeze fawn responses, flight freeze fawn, and has trouble accessing a healthy fight response, I have learned that my body actually loves moving just beyond that comfort zone and feeling that high, high level of activation. It really moves a lot of stress and tension and anxiety out of my body in a way that soft, feminine, meditative movement just really simply can't. And I think in many ways I've used meditative movement as a way to talk myself out of that healthy fight response. Anyway, a little tour into my inner world. The next lesson, the final lesson that I've learned, and this is a quote from one of my teachers named Tanya Lee, and I'm paraphrasing here, but it's something along the lines of to do something you've never done, you have to become someone that you've never been. And she talks about her own journey with her body and weight loss quite a lot. And the idea that once she got to a size two, that she would be blissfully happy and how surprising and how informative it was when she got to that goal and was still miserable because she had invested all of her attention in changing her outsides, but didn't put any investment in changing her insides. 
And so I actually did a process with, I'm, I'm a client of hers and I did a process around discipline when I was starting this journey. And I thought of, you know, when I think about my goals around fitness and body, like w- what is it that I really want? What would losing a certain number of pounds, what would, what would be even be the point of that? How would I feel? Because also, as Tanya says, the reason we want anything is not because of the thing, it's because of how it's going to make us feel. And when I got really clear that if I could imagine myself loving fitness and loving my body through fitness and loving cooking and eating well and planning my meals and eating sumptuous, delicious, fresh things where I have a relationship to food where I just really love it and where it loves me back. What I would imagine feeling was confident and secure and like I am a woman who doesn't self-abandon in these very basic needs around self-care, that I am a woman who is resilient and when challenges come, I meet them with authentic strength and I welcome them. And when resistance comes, I take that as just another flavor of the process of becoming who I am. And what I would also envision is myself really slowed down. So I had this visual of myself wearing, (laughs) for me, my experience of God or a higher power. I think of it as like white cashmere. For some reason, that's how God expresses itself to me is that energy of just soft, cozy, cuddly quality. And I would envision myself wearing like a white cashmere sweater. And I wouldn't really visualize the detail of what my body would or would not look like. But what I would envision is just this feeling of peacefulness and serenity and strength. And I want to say that this is a lot different than how I used to approach weight loss and fitness, where I used to imagine if I have a body that's different than the one I have now, I will be invulnerable and assigning all of these fantasy qualities to an experience of weight loss or having changes happen to my body where I would be able to avoid pain. And what felt really different about this exercise was it was not about avoiding pain. It was actually becoming more available to my life and having a greater willingness to be present to what was causing pain in my life and not turn away and not use numbing out through self-neglect and actually be present and available to my own life. And I just want to say once again, be crystal clear that this is my experience and I'm not making any sort of declaration about how others eat or care for themselves around food or nutrition or exercise. I'm not classifying that as self-neglect based on what you do or don't do. I'm speaking about my own personal experience of self-abandoning around these areas of my life and needing a greater level of care and needing that inner adult to be on board in a way that just wasn't happening and was causing a lot of suffering. 
So that brings us to the part of the podcast called Swoon. Swoon is a weekly feature where I share with you something like an article or a book or a product or a class that I find incredibly swoonable. And this week's feature is about something I've already talked about in the podcast, which is core rhythm fitness. So back in January, I moved back to New York City. And part of what prompted that choice was I was introduced to core rhythm fitness by my friend Anne on Instagram. And I would watch these videos and I would do these classes online. And I would be like, I need to be in person with this. Like there is something deeper and bigger calling me to this company. And it surprised me because, like I said before, these high intensity, very result driven kind of workouts just never really appealed to me. But what did really appeal to me is the founder Roderick Covington's mission around when you give your body the best the universe gives you the best in return. And I took one class in person with Roderick when I moved to New York and then quarantine hit. And since then, I've been working out with him on Zoom almost every single day. What I love about these classes is that for me to really feel motivated and connected to anything, there's got to be a sense of something bigger And in these classes, that something bigger is this incredibly rich community, a mission of anti-racism in the company that is visible in everything that the company does, and Roderick's special flavor of entertainment that he brings, and just a really deep, fierce love. I'm so grateful for him and for the whole team at Core Rhythm Fitness. I did their nutrition program with one of their coaches, and I just really can't recommend them enough. And I'm not an affiliate for them. I'm not being paid to spread this message. I just really, really believe in the work that they do. And if you would like to check them out, their website is corerhythmfitness.net. They have nutrition coaching, online classes, personal training, And if you sign up for a class, you'll download an app and you can put in the code first class and your first class will be free. So thank you so much for listening today. I would love to connect with you and continue the conversation. You can connect with me on Instagram at hello, Mary Lofgren. See you next time. For coaching classes and community in sensual living, head over to schoolofsensualliving.com. There you'll find a free video workshop in how to overcome anxiety and feel confident in almost any situation through the skill and power of your body language. Go to schoolofsensualliving.com confidence to start your journey today.